Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com and find today's message under the Worship of, tab. Uh, one of my there favorite you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow that we've along. had in a long time, and, now here's and Pastor that is Dan. Lasting Love. And as we, we do this, it started kind of with a... Uh, you know, it was around Valentine's Day, so lasting love. Maybe uh, look at Valentine's Day and romantic love as lasting love. But as we look at this, what we're going to find is really the lasting love that we're talking about and definitely that the Bible talks about has applications for marriage, but it's for every relationship. And especially in this message, we are going to see that, that it is about coming together, pulling together as a family of God. And if you have your notes in front of you right now, you will see the theme for this message is the power of pulling together. And what I need you to do right now, if, if you haven't been so far, is I, I need you to use your head and I need you to think a little bit. And what I need you to do is to shut your eyes right now. I'm the only one with eyes open right now. And I need you to have a visual in your head of pulling together. It's going to be different for everyone here. What is pulling together? When you hear those words, pulling together, what visual do you have? Okay, you can open your eyes. What, what, were, what did you see when you, were, when you think of pulling together? What was it? A rope. Okay, so for, so for some, a tug of war, pulling together, right? That now we're in a tug of war, we're against someone else, we're trying to pull together, uh, and maybe in between there's some mud or there's some that you want to pull them into, or there's a marker that you want to beat them. This is a tug of war, we are pulling together. What else? in a huddle with your arms around each other that we're pulling together. So what this is, is, is now a team is coming in. I love the word huddle because the word huddle can be anything from like a football team to a group of people at a growth group coming in and praying to, I don't know if you realize this, there's something called a holy huddle. And it happens every Sunday here at Crosswalk. And the holy huddle is what we call it a half an hour before church when all the volunteers that are serving together get together, we call that holy huddle. So there's holy huddles here with all the people who greet and serve in this area. There's a holy huddle for everyone on the worship team. There's a holy huddle in the kids ministry. There's a holy huddle in youth ministry as well coming together, pulling together, coming in and, and saying, okay, this is what we're going to do. Break. Now let's go do it. Anything else pulling together? The land work day. The, the work day? Land work day. So that's pulling together, pulling weeds together. And when, and when you do that, it, it's, yeah, Bob is here, Bob Freiberg. Yeah, there he is. When, when you do the work day and you have that pulling together, you know what the biggest fear is? Only four people are going to come. <laughs> Me and my family, right? And then what has happened though for each one of our work days so far? 40 plus people. And when they come together and they converge on this ground, all of a sudden pulling together becomes much more easy to do. That, that it is a shared work that we're pulling together. Heard another one. 
crew teams, so rowing teams. So, so think in, in the Olympics where you are, are pulling that each person as you go through, just moving that, that boat along the water, if you've ever seen them, just in, in perfect symmetry as they, each person pulls and, they, and they're going towards that goal, maybe going against other boats, pulling together, pulling together, moving forward. As I thought about this some more, I had some other ones. Husband and wife, there you go. Husband and wife, we're gonna talk about that as a specific one, pulling together. I had that one down as pulling apart, but that's okay. <laughs> pulling different directions, no. That, that pulling together, yeah, that we're moving, we're moving our family forward. Another one I had because they're in town right now is the Budweiser Clydesdales uh, that just saw it on the news last night. They are hitched together hitched together to, to a cart that they're pulling, and they're moving together, all of them together, pulling together. One other one that I thought of that, that maybe fits in this is I want you to think of what makes, one of the things that makes our country such a great country is I want you to think about the footage you've seen after a tornado, after a hurricane, in small towns especially, but anywhere really in, in, in the United States, and you see these rednecks pull up with their boats that they're going to go, their bass boat, we're going to go save people from their houses. And we look at them and we say, they're awesome. They are awesome. Going there, going in there. And then, and then we see other people. And, and if you've ever been in a situation where you've done that, everyone who owns a chainsaw is in heaven because they're going and they're cutting up. They're going on property that's not even theirs. Just walking down the street, how can I help? What do you need? Does everyone here have food? Does everyone here have water? And then what do the rest of us do who aren't close enough? We give to the Red Cross. We give to the, the, the different charities and we say, you know what? We want them to know that we are behind them. We are going to pull together. And it's in those moments that you feel supported. And it's in those moments that when you are able to give that, that you, you feel like you are able to help. And you are sharing love and kindness with those people. And, and, and maybe you think just for a moment that this is the way it should be. This is the way it should be to be part of our country, to be part of our community, to be part of the town, to be whatever it is, that that's what we are meant to be like. Now, I have a, an admission to make as a pastor I always thought pulling together was a luxury for a church. I always thought that, you know what, my job is to pull, and, and, and if people start to pull with me, that's great, but if they don't, that's okay too. I'll just keep pulling. I'll just keep pulling by myself. And and I thought it was a luxury to have people, to have, to have people coming together, huddling around each other. I thought it was a luxury to have a, a, a team pulling in that same direction. But what I found out is, is with each one of these, with a tug, each one of these has a why behind it. Why am I pulling in the tug of war? Because I want to beat the other team. Why are these horses pulling together so they can pull the heart? Cart, why is the Olympic team rowing in the same direction to win the medal? Why, why is this, after the hurricane, why is this town coming together to support and love one another? Because when they're separate and apart, they would be crushed. They couldn't handle it. And this is what I want you to know. 
not pulling together is not an option. If you do not pull together, you will be isolated, you will pull apart, and you will be crushed. As I was reading this, and and we're gonna get to the portion of God's word, this is what Paul, this is what the apostle Paul wrote to the Philippians in the verse before the verse we're going to read through. He said this, it has been granted to you. This is a gift that has been given to you by God. Ready for it? It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, a special gift, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that not only do I get to believe in you, but I get to suffer for you. That's not what I'm looking for. What I thought was that by believing in Jesus, I would have an in with God, which means I can pray to him, which means I get what I want, which means I don't have to suffer. It means that in the middle of my suffer, I get to pray so that he releases me from my suffering and I have a more pleasant life and an easier life than those who don't know him. And that is a misunderstanding of of who God is and what his blessings truly look like and how much he truly loves you. And the reason why, why I bring this verse up as we're talking about this, why not pulling together is not an option is because suffering is headed your way. It might be today. It might not be today. Today you might feel as supported as you have ever felt. It might be the day of Isabella's baptism when the family is here and we celebrate the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And today is a day that we will remember as a good day. But I guarantee you there is somebody here today whose today is one of their worst days. Today is the day they finally got up the courage to go to church because their life had gotten to a point where it's so unmanageable and they are hurting so bad that it is a last resort or at least it's some place to go to get some sort of help. That you are in misery, that you are broken. And you're looking for someone to hold you, to pull together with you, to huddle with you, to tell you it's going to be all right. That is what the church must be. It's what we must be. Not pulling together is not an option. But the power of pulling together is unbelievable. It's amazing. The changes that it makes in hearts and lives as you gather around people and you embrace them and you love them as you have been loved by Christ. What we're really talking about, is it's a church word, I apologize but the word is fellowship. And the reason why I don't like the word fellowship is because I think it's one of the most misunderstood words we have in the church that we think fellowship is donuts and coffee, that we think fellowship is sitting down and eating together. And I'm not saying fellowship can't happen in those situations, but fellowship does not equal food. That hurts to say that. <laughs> But what fellowship is, is this. Fellowship, this is the first villain. Fellowship is being in the same boat together. It's being in the same boat together. And without Christ, it's sinking. And and so we're going to look at this fellowship that we share, this, this togetherness, this being in the same boat together. And first of all, once we realize we're in the same boat, 
Then what we get is a direction. Then what each one of us gets is an oar. And then we start pulling together. And then we start moving. And then we start being something beautiful as you see the symmetry of Christians loving one another. That's Christ's vision for the church. It's Christ's vision for you and for your life as well. So let's start. Philippians 2, 1, 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and of one mind. Another way that this, this could be written is that as Paul was writing it, remember, he just got done saying, it's been granted to you as a gift from Jesus himself, not only to believe in Jesus, but to suffer for Jesus. And, and he's writing this from jail, all alone. And so as he writes that, really the way he, he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement, what he's really saying is, you have courage from being united with Christ, Right? And you have comfort from, from, that you get from his love, right? And you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, right? And you have tenderness and compassion from Jesus Christ and from God, right? And, and you can imagine that, that as, as everyone was reading this in Philippi, their heads were going like this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. This is what I have by virtue of a relationship with Jesus Christ as my Savior, that I believe in him, that, that I, I look at him and I am able to look back at a, an event that took place in history, not only the cross where he gave his life for sin, but, but Easter where he rose from the dead. And, and as I look at that, I realize that through that victory, through that one moment in time in history, all of history changes and, and my life changes as well. And, and that through faith in him and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I am given a gift, not only of faith, not only to trust in him uh, for eternal life, but to trust in him and have him with me all of my life. In the blank, you can write, pulling together, first of all, takes individual strength. So part of this is an individual exercise, just so you know this. Just like if you're thinking about an Olympic team that is pulling together, that there are the people who do that do row at times, but there's times when they lift weights and there's times when they train. And, and that's where the strength comes from. And that's what you need to understand as you, you get into this, that there is a togetherness, but there's also a separate part of this. And it's a fellowship with Jesus. It's, it's the personal faith part. Again, it will fill in the blanks. What do you have? This is your inventory. I have courage from being united with Christ. I have comfort from being loved by Christ. I share in the Holy Spirit. And God shows me tenderness and compassion. I could spend a whole sermon series on this section, and, and, but I'm not. But we're, as we look at this, just look at the words one more time for me, will you? Courage from being united. Comfort from being loved. The Holy Spirit inside me, inside my heart. And God shows me tenderness 
and compassion. These are realities. I don't care who you are. All of these things have been shown to you through Jesus Christ. That's why he came into this world, to win us each as individuals. You are loved by God. All of those songs that we were singing, I'm a child of God, yes, I am. All of those things, that is who you are. These realities, get up every day and look at these realities. Christ strengthens you. We continue. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, these are the same words, just so you know that I know. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and, one in, and of one mind. Here's what happens. I'm telling you, this is what, what, what drives a pastor crazy. If you want to know what drives a pastor crazy, this does. And that is that as I look around at, at every, with people in the church, I have a relationship with each one of you to some extent, a, a different varying degree of, of closeness, but you at least know who I am. And, and you've heard stories about my life, so you kind of probably feel like you know me a little bit uh, from my preaching. But what, is, what gets crazy is this, is that what I need after we have a message like this, is I need you to know her, and I need him to know him, and I need that there is, that there is a, what happens a lot of times as a pastor, what I feel like is we're on one of those rowing things, and I'm rowing, and all of you are telling me, good job, keep, keep rowing, let's go, You're, keep, keep the ship moving forward, that is our church, and that's not it. I'm the guy who gets to yell, row, row, <laughs> right? Or maybe Christ is. But here is the thing, is that all of those, the inventory that we just went through of what you have in Christ, the person sitting next to you has the same inventory. The person sitting on the other side of the auditorium has the same inventory. They also are united with Christ. They also are receiving comfort from Christ. And because that, that puts us in the same boat, we're not only in the same boat as sinners who need forgiveness, we're in the same boat of forgiveness that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. In the blank, you can write, pulling together takes a team mindset. That You have to realize that, the, I've said this so many times, the Christian faith is a very personal journey, but it was never meant to be taken alone. Never. Never is it meant to be taken alone. And if you are sitting in isolation in your faith, the encouragement, if, if it is something you're struggling to be connected, I'm going to tell you to struggle. I'm going to tell you to go to the hub, come talk to uh, someone on the patio. If you have to, you can come even talk to me if you're that desperate, right down here after the service. But the connection is so important. You're on the team. And that, that to realize we're stronger together. And because of that, we will be like-minded. We will have the same love. And we are one in spirit. And that's why the, the person who's telling us to row, it's not me, it's Christ. And, and, he, and he's telling us as we look at that love, as we love one another, that, that he does it in such a way that he not only tells us what to do, but he showed us as well. That, that he came into this world and as he rose, we get in sync with him. So we have these things, we're on the same team. 
the next words, and, and this must have been the problem in Philippi. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I'm going to give you that fill-in right away, too. Lasting love is not possible when individuals are pulling apart. Love will die. If we pursue our own self-centered agendas. If we have those self-centered personal agendas, we are going to pull apart. Now, I got to tell you the story right now of Vern. I don't know... uh, Vern Spaulding is his name. Vern, if you're out there listening, uh, I've known him for years, but Vern told me one of the best stories, great story. And he was an independent consultant to dairies and specifically manufacturers of cheese. And he went to New York State, up where there were a number of dairy farms and a dairy there, and he, he went and he met with the owners of the dairy. It was a family-owned company. And after they got done, one of the big things evidently with cheese that Vern told me is it's, it's imperative that you keep it moist. And especially in the packing process and in, in, and in the whole production process, you have to keep it moist. And so Vern, through his different studying and things like that, had come up with a process to help dairies who struggled with it uh, to do that. And for those of you who, who know, moisture is water, which means you're really just putting more water in the cheese, which means that it gets heavier and you make more money. Because now as you package it, it that's what it's all about. So anyways, Vern, Vern goes and he meets with this dairy in the state of New York and after he meets with them, this, in, this family dairy, they have a plan by which they are going to save over $800,000 in the next calendar year in their operation. And, and Vern has, has it all laid out for them how they are going to do it, and they are ecstatic. They, they are like, this is so awesome uh, that, that they can't wait to do it. So Vern is a consultant, so he's paid when he, when he goes there, he has his fee plus expenses. And in that town where he went, there was a, a, a Super 8 hotel, and then also a, what, what, what was the other one that he went to? Anyways, doesn't make any difference. But, but he went to the other one, it was a little more expensive hotel. And, uh, and so he would go there and he would stay at the, the hotel and it was about $20 more to stay there. And after he had done that for a couple months and had been up there maybe a total of five days, he walked into the owner's office and he could just tell, he's like his whole demeanor had changed. And he's like, is there something wrong? And, and he takes the bill and he slams it on the, the, the desk what hotel are you staying in? He's like, well, you know, whatever, this one. Do you realize that's $20 more a night than the other hotel? And you know who's footing the bill for it? I am. And he's like, this guy's ready. This is going to be a deal breaker. And as the guy is yelling, Vern pulls out his checkbook. For those of you younger, a checkbook is a thing that you can write where you... Anyways... (laughs) Vern pulls out his checkbook, and as the guy is talking, writes a personal check 
for $1,000. He rips it out. He gave it to him. And the guy's like, what is this? And he's like, take $20 out of this thousand every time I stay in that hotel. And when we get to $1,000, let me know and I'll write a check for another $1,000. For goodness sake, man, we're saving $800,000 and you're freaking out about me spending maybe a couple hundred extra bucks in a hotel. You have got to keep your eyes on what we're doing here and not get distracted by this little stuff. That's what Paul is telling these people when he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, vain conceit, If your agenda is to further yourself, if your goal in the boat as you're pulling is to get there first before everyone else, you're missing the point. And and before you know it, you are going to be alone in a dark and miserable place. Who wants to be around someone with selfish ambition and vain conceit? No one. No one wants to be around them. And so what is the alternative? have the mind of Christ, to love as we have been loved by Christ. Who wants to be around someone who's going to love them in their weakness? Who's going to be around someone who gives comfort in their their difficult times and is loved by them? Aren't we all looking for that? Isn't that the kind of acceptance we long for? My goodness sakes, brothers and sisters, don't forget why you're here. I get it. There are things in life that are difficult and they're suffering and those things can divide us. But the second you make this about you, you have lost. You will not be pulling together. That is the danger that he's talking about. On the next page, a good way to say it is this. Humility, because he's talking about humility here because that's what it takes. Humility is not necessarily thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less often. Jesus did not think less of himself in the sense that he, that he was bad or that he was something horrible because he wasn't. He was perfect. But Jesus' humility wasn't, wasn't seen in that he looked down on himself, but rather he, he looked at his life and it was about others, that they were the focus. How could I serve, not how could I be served? And the other part of this that I have down there, these are two huge ones, my goodness. These two are not only true in marriage, this is true in every relationship you have, but these are ones that cut to my heart. My wife and I were reading a book called The The Lies Couples Believe, and lie three is, my spouse is a bigger mess than I am. I know you who know me are like, seriously, you think you're, that Tanya's a bigger mess than you, Dan? <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed with my own opinions. I, I'm in a group, a coaching network of 12 pastors. Oh, that's not me. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and one of them is calling me now. Uh, that, that we, in, I'm in this coaching network. I have these guys I can call any, all the time. I have relationships, tons of relationships, no, so no many people. And my wife has, has a smaller group of friends. See, I can go to them. I'm fine. I'm better than you. I'm, I'm just in a better place than you are. That's a lie. It's just a lie. Both of us have our weaknesses. That's the truth. Both of us desperately need Christ. That's true. And we desperately, God has given us each other. And that's true. The other lie, our marital problems are all my spouse's fault. 
That's 75% true. No. The, the second you buy into any one of these lies, the people at work are bigger mess than I am, and now I have to clean the mess up. The, the, the problems at work, the problems at the church, the pro- I don't care where it is, are all this person's fault. Lies, 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 lies. And it's the way that he says, in, humili- in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, be each of you to the interests of others. I'm telling you that this is a ripple effect, that these lies permeate families, relationships, workplaces, churches, all of it. And, And as we look at pulling together, part of that pulling together is to realize the person next to you is in the same boat you are. Yeah, it's the same boat of sin. It's the same boat of weakness. It's the same boat of needing help. It's the same boat that, that they, when they go through suffering, they need support and they need to be loved and they're needy. But newsflash, so are you. All of us are. And all of us are loved by Jesus Christ. All of us are, are children of God with an identity and a destiny and, and a purpose for our lives and, and endless possibilities with Jesus and being united to him. This is the humility that it's going to take. We go on, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Yeah, coming, coming to serve, coming to love, looking to others, having been loved that way, he not only loves you, but also gives you that mindset. In the blank, you can write, in our relationships, God is not asking for any more from us than he has already given to us. we become imitators of Christ. And that's then the cycle. That just so you know, this is how pulling together works. That, that if you're looking at the pulling together is showing love, when you take the break and go back, that's being loved. And, and that is something that, it, and if you're struggling with it now, take short strokes. Be loved. It's like breathing in and out. Breathing in, I take oxygen, and then I need to breathe out. And if you try just doing one of those, don't try it right now, you're going to hyperventilate and maybe get yourself to pass out. It's not meant to be done that way. It's meant to to be times of, of serving and being served, serving and being served. That is the cycle. That is the beauty of the Christian life. The, the need to go back to Christ every day, to be reminded of all the things that he's given me with the courage of being united with him, the comfort of being loved by him, the Holy Spirit, that tenderness and compassion. Because on many days, I feel like I don't have that to offer. Not to my wife, not to the church, not to my friends, not to my family, to no one. And, and if you are there and if you feel that way, you are not allowed to not row. As a matter of fact, part of the rowing is part of the cure. It's the way that you stop thinking about only yourself all the time and remember what Christ has done for you. It's, it's a way that as you begin to serve, it's part of the way that you are made healthy. The very last part talks about the mindset of Christ. And the reason why I chose this for today is this. It's the end of the Lasting Love series. 
And, and the last one is the power of, of rowing together, of pulling together. But this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. For those of you who don't know what that is or the season of Lent, it is a, a time that's celebrated uh, throughout the church year, or excuse me, throughout the Christian church. And it goes back for centuries. And what it was, it was a 40-day period that they wanted to have for people who were going to go through confirmation. And, and it was in the Catholic church is where it started. And what they decided is, it, is during that 40 days, it would be a time where those who wanted to show their uh, relationship with, with Christ would also suffer for him. And part of the suffering was, was fasting. And so it was a 40-day fast where they would not eat. I know what you're thinking. Are you kidding me? That, that's not going to happen. Well, they realized that too. So what they did is they wanted the confirmation to be around Easter and they let them eat on Sundays because Sunday were like little Easter's. It wasn't a time where you should starve. You should celebrate on, on little Easter's, which is what Sunday is. It's when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And if you go 40 days taking out the Sundays, you come back to a Wednesday and that Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. That's when it starts. And it's a time of confession. In, in the Bible, they talk about sackcloth and ashes. They would take ashes and pour them on themselves as a sign of repentance. Unfortunately, then the day before Ash Wednesday is called Fat Tuesday because they were like, okay, we got to get it out of our system because 40 days are coming where we can't do that. But what Lent is really meant to be, is a time that we meditate on what Jesus Christ has done for us. And these closing words uh, that if there are ones that capture the beauty of what Christ has done, because there's a part of this as we look at pulling together, that on our days when we need grace and mercy, you don't need to pull together, you need to be pulled. And that is what Christ has done for us. And, and these are the words that Paul shares with the Philippians. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That is Lent. That is the passion of Jesus and, and his life and what he gave for us. And here's the beauty of it. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is the beauty of Jesus Christ. And, and that is the beauty of seeing where this humility and this self-sacrificing love ends up. That, that as we see it in Christ and, and we see the great victory he has won, that now God looks at it, us in his church as, as Jesus, right before he died, he washed his disciples' feet. And that's when he said, this is how people are going to know you are my disciples. You're gonna pull together. 
You're gonna love one another by that love. This is how people will know that you are my disciples. Love one another just as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In case there's any doubt, that's what we're talking about when, when we're talking about pulling together. There are people here today who need to be loved desperately by you. They will be on the patio. They will be in your groups. They will be all over the place. People who are hurting, hurting sorely. Love them. In the blank, you can write, Jesus' lasting love is best seen by his sacrifice and willingness to take our place to pay for our sin. And so, keep your eyes on Jesus. Then keep one eye on Jesus and one eye on those in need around you who need the hug today, who need the words, the kind words, who need the lasting love that only Jesus Christ can give. That is what you have, but that's also what you have to share. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the lasting love that we have in Jesus Christ as our Savior. That lasts an eternity. And now, Lord, as we look at ways to come together in fellowship and join, let every person here find fellowship and friendship and opportunity to love and be loved uh, here at Crosswalk, in their family, in their relationship, whatever it is. Lord, help us to, to fight the lies that we believe about other people and what a mess they are and how much we do so much more than they do. All of those are lies, Lord. You love us. Having been loved, we love others. Help us to have lasting love that, that shows and reflects the love that we have been shown by you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Next week, we start a new, new message series called U-Turn, and it's one that goes with that, that, that Lent message. It's a time of repentance. It's a time to reflect on what Christ has done, and you are invited to join us. Again, next week, U-Turn, uh, our new message series begins. And as you go, uh, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.